Hello, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast. And this is episode seven of a very special series on secret pregnancy, sacred pregnancy, um, wild birth, free birth, natural birth, natural pregnancy, natural gestation, uh, sovereignty, natural law, all that good stuff. Um, I've been having a really interesting week as I approach my fourth month, end of the third month and start with the fourth month of gestation. <laughs> and yeah, the, the expansion just keeps on expanding. And um, today I've been having some really transcendental conversations with a couple of friends, in particularly, in particular, covering themes. Um, background relaxing sound effects are my bath. Love to get clarity of communication in the bath. Often get really amazing downloads in water and from water from the elements but particularly from water. And yeah, one of the themes I've been talking about today is that, and also how language can remove us from the power of what wants to come through us, what our true nature is, what the, the power and vitality and health of our natural state is, and, and how we can tap into that, how it, it's not secreted away, it's not... Ironically, it's not secret, even though it's been so occulted and hidden, but it's it's hidden in plain view. And the only reason that it remains hidden to us is that we're looking externally for it when, even if it were an external thing, which of course is external and internal, but the mystical vitality and cosmic intelligence of the universe is something that we can only ever know through ourselves. We can't know through external physical objects or even teachings or um, techniques or um, external agencies. The, the mastery has to come through our own sense and sensation ultimately. And, and therefore, if we go straight to our sensation and sentience, then we're, we're already halfway there <laughs> because everything that needs to be unfolded, needs to be unraveled, is right there in our sentience, disguised in knots and blocks and numbits and, and so on, um, in our neuroses and our reactions and triggeredness and shadows. And again, even calling something a shadow or saying it's something that triggers us, like all the language is just always about separating us from what wants to be known, the, the true nature. And in, in the context of pregnancy, gestation and birthing, um, the, the conventional language is very much all about not just keeping us in fear and contraction, but also moving us into a timeline that is 
that by its nature, its distorted nature, will hook the child into the system and keep the child as a pawn in that system, keep the child from the beginning in a state of bondage to the system. Um, so, like, there's lots of different paths of study around that, but the, the only real practical path is the lift path. And the thing about the lift path is it doesn't cost money. You don't need to go to an outside authority again for it. And it's, it's right here, right now inside of us. And we will be informed of everything if we're looking at the core of self and intending to release anything that's in the way of, of spirit, of perfection, <laughs> of the sacred geometry and symmetry of, of life in the universe and our cosmic place within our cosmic universe. I was talking with a really close friend today about how just in the middle of a sentence I was trying to describe how many days into my pregnancy I am and that's obviously when I'm more visible than I am now with what's conventionally called the bump. And people, I imagine, will be inquiring, right, when are you due and how far along are you and blah, blah, blah. You know, this wanting something to be rooted in language and numbers and calibrations. And, you know, I, I would like to question why people need to know that. I'd like to question myself why I ever asked anyone that, you know, why it's important to me. And... I feel that the answer has something to do with wanting to pull us into the fabric of the matrix and the patrix that we we need to pull somebody in to be firmly fixed in the fabric of times and dates and and what's normal and when we're going to see the baby and and the sex of it and and all all of that stuff um, the beauty of following a wild, intuitive, free pregnancy, gestation, the cosmic truth of it is that there's an interference to numbers and the measuring, <laughs> even without a pregnancy test, even without measuring hormones or fluids or anything, trusting involves a lot of a lot of unraveling, a lot of letting go of conditioning and the beauty of the conditioning coming up is that it's coming up so it will it will get let go of. And as I tried to calculate where the halfway point was of 280 days of an average pregnancy and where I would fit into that, again 280 is, is relatively arbitrary. It's 10 moons mostly. But it's also an abstract concept. <laughs> and the idea of dividing a, a pregnancy in half doesn't make sense. Like, why not divide it in half long ways instead? <laughs> why not divide it into segments of mind, body and spirit? But why do that anyway? You know, why, why divide it in, in calibration, 
in terms of the calendar moving forward and accumulation of numbers and what's normal of course the the 280 days the, the 40 whatever weeks is really a means of of setting a cage around something setting a grid a grid or a cage that fixes something and tells you that if you go outside of that cage you're in trouble if you dare to step out into something that's color outside the lines or um, step outside the garden into the wild woods then you'll be in trouble like there's a problem the baby's stuck in there or etc etc but also the the calibration of taking in digesting numbers from external sources media books etc that that lay a uh, a definite this is healthy this is what's happening at this time this is what should happen at this time and if it isn't happening then you know leaving this looming silence of you know the, the insinuation is get to your doctor quickly and get tested and tested more um, but of course what would those tests or measurements actually do for me even the most loose measuring of having written in my diary for last year circled the date that I know I conceived at. That in itself has very little value to me. But my knowing that I conceived in the middle of September has great meaning to me. It was just before my birthday. It was with my partner. It was a particular kind of energy. It was clear to me afterwards. Even probably before the sperm had met the egg, it was very clear to me. There was something, there was an energy about that moment that said that this is what we're going to do now and whatever unfolds is what's meant to unfold. And again, I'm just acknowledging that I have no preconceived notion of what's happening, but I'm holding the highest intention that I will birth a child and that that child will grow and expand and be free and be sovereign in the world and be this human at my side and expanding into reality to create positive change, healing, expression, connectedness, to bring the world into harmony. I am absolutely clear that that would be a wonderful and making sense thing that but at the same time, I'm not fixed to that idea. The idea isn't tied down and nailed in and put in a box and put inside a safe and kept for, you know, when I bring it out at a certain time. And because of that, the, the, the looseness of holding on to everything means that I've, I've moved on the sea of whatever is going on. I've moved freely on the waters, the currents. And that has allowed wisdom to come to me. It's allowed answers and solutions and healing and remedies to come to me from the ether, like from the elements, from the world around me. It's allowed not just energy, but the, the truth of free energy, the truth of energy that as it, as it, 
comes from the earth, the trees, the food, the air, the water, the fire, as it comes from my sweating and cutting wood, as it comes into my realm of nourishment, it transmits, when it comes in its pure form, in a, in a way that isn't filtered, that isn't filtered through a grid or a, a cage that I'm inside, when it isn't categorised and packaged and commodified, that energy transmit what it transmits what it's naturally, cosmically and mystically laden with. And that means that essentially, not that I'm a passive battery getting charged up, not that water is transmitting messages from somebody else to me or from some other realm to me, not that the air is downloading things to me as a passive vessel, but that as a, as a living sacred vessel, what needs to move through me will move through me as I move through the world. And that moving and moving, the, the engine of those two kinds of moving, um, are what is powering the world to come into harmony. So, yeah, the, the problem with numbers <laughs> is that it, they ultimately don't mean anything apart from helping us fit into a system that is inherently designed to keep us from growing into our cosmic freedom, sovereignty, our cosmic self and the unified field. Um, with all other realms of life um, above and below. The calibration, the trying to cut a pregnancy in half and say that I've achieved one half of it and I can tick off on a box the weeks or say that I'm halfway there. Of course, I'm not halfway there. <laughs> like Apart from the fact that I need a bit more time before I get halfway there. I'm for four months, not four and a half months. But the, the idea that there's a half involved, that something is split into two equal sides, is just ridiculous. You know, the first days of pregnancy, one is much less pregnant than the pregnant that one is just before one births, and one is much more pregnant in the middle of a pregnancy than at the start of it. One is much more gestated, and the baby is much more well-cooked in the middle of a pregnancy than it is at the beginning of it, but the progression becomes more complex and more evolved, more biodiverse and unique as the child moves from, from the separation of egg and sperm to the union of the zinc spark and the conception and then the evolution inside of us of this funny little sea creature that seems to grow very slowly into a sort of animal-like creature and then grow into uh, an actual baby with arms and legs and head. Um, the complexity of the uniqueness that comes at the birth and with the birth, the journey of birth, um, focusing on 
the different stages of the calibration is a huge distraction and a huge artificial complication that gets in the way of the actual biodiverse and organic complication and spontaneous growth of the baby that's in the womb, which is not separate from us. And therefore, as the baby is evolving and revolving in our womb, we are evolving and revolving around her. And, and as that growth symbiotically, you know, as the child grows and I grow together, as we grow symbiotically together, inseparably, the oneness of what I am in the world is, is greatly revealed to me. And I'm able to gain a perspective on my relationship with the world that is unparalleled, that I've never had before. Even though I've been pretty far down that road and done well in creating symbiotic relationship with the world. Uh, but this is a whole other level and a whole other dimension of oneness, of non-separation. Of correcting relationships. I was just pausing there whilst some chatty folk went by the window. So yeah, the 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 many ways in which we're separated from oneness and separated from symbiosis with the oneness of all things um, by far I think the greatest tool is language that even when we put language that we use on an everyday basis or a typical linguistic reaction to discussing like language isn't separate separate from the mainstream mainstream brain and mainstream concepts about reality putting the language of the modern mind side by side with the highest cosmic union. All the different people that we are will have different reactions to that, but most of them will outright reject it. And there'll be themes like, it's not available to me, it's secret and occulted and hidden. So it's not available to me. It's far away, it's something in heaven or far from here. And I have to go through an agency to reach it or a special, take a special pill <laughs> or, or meet the perfect partner. There's always has to be another element that's more than our unique whole self. Um, but ironically, that's a complete inversion of how available divine union is to us right now and how available harmonious symbiosis with all things is available to us right now. How free energy is available to us right now, to us, to you, to me, to us collectively right now. There's no barrier to it. 
the only invented, perceived, pretendy barrier is the words that we use that we repeat over and over in our mind until we stop repeating them and the free energy comes to us. We stop repeating them and we instantly fall into divine union. Um, we instantly come much closer to divine union by stopping gabbing, <laughs> stopping yakking about how it doesn't exist or how it's elusive to us. And um, stop measuring, stop putting numbers on things and feel it instead. The, the number creates a loop between our co conscious and our subconscious and it loops back round into the conscious, into the front lobe conscious, not just the greater conscious and certainly not the integrated conscious, which is the whole mind, body, spirit and cosmic soul and collective conscious. So, yeah, my own experience of the dissolving of these barriers between each level of the, the real hierarchy, the natural hierarchy, which again, isn't really a hierarchy. Like we're all in it as one. We're all in it working to the same goal, no matter where we are in the so-called hierarchy. And my own experience of this like the, the imaginary lines dissolving is it's a very strange process of sort of having been down on, on one's, flat on one's belly on the earth with one's face in a map, like actually with one's face so close to the map and only able to see a small part of the map at, at the same time, at one time, but having no perspective of either who we are, just perceiving what's in front of us, just this map right in front of us and only able to see a small patch of it, a sort of coin-sized patch of it at one time. And the process of, of coming into union and the falling away of these barriers is recognising that, oh, I have arms and legs that I didn't realise I had. <laughs> I have sentience and a spine and organs and as I get up onto my knees, realising very quickly that my perspective is much wider of this map and then eventually, slowly, slowly but surely standing up and recognising like, oh, that map is just a map. Actually, <laughs> oh crikey, the map is nothing to do with what the territory actually is. It might even have the wrong roads on it. It might even have the wrong names on it. And actually, in the act of standing up, the wind comes and takes the map away. And there is no map necessary because the landscape is under my feet. I'm capable and strong and alive. And I know instinctively, because I'm rooted and upright, I know instinctively very easily where to move next. And that again, like that is what the process of stepping out the system is. It's so not what the system will tell you it is. It's so not complicated, painful, or laborsome. It's the, it's the mainstream and being stuck in the system that's complicated, painful, and laborsome. And the perfect metaphor of 
gestation and birth. The releasing and surrender, the beautiful, soft, gentle surrender to everything falling away in its right time and my body, mind and spirit, my house, my relationships, my work, my labouring, all like a massive ship turning around, all turning towards the star that I need to follow, turning into the current that's, that's carrying me, letting my wind catch the sail or letting the, the wind catch my sail. And... Yeah, moving to the destination, which of course, it's the journey. <laughs> the all the the struggle and the laboursomeness and the the pain is really related to all that I've just discussed that I'm letting go of, and I know that I will have a symbiotic birth. I know that. The rest of my pregnancy will unfold easily and pleasurefully because I'm doing the work as it comes up. I'm not resisting anything as it comes up. I'm moving through, not not jumping through hoops exactly, but almost like I'm just cooperating with the universe as it brings things up for me and I, as I give gratitude for the things that it's bringing up for me. And as I embrace them and release them, embrace them and release them. And again, I'm not trying to say this. Again, I'm really, really not trying to say this. I can see how the, the conventional approach to this would be through the conventional hierarchy, the blasphemy of suggesting that I am sacred. But I'm saying that we are sacred. We're all sacred. That's the point I'm making. And the idea that the conventional calibration of things would say that I'm trying to say that I'm better than other women who are suffering or who are having terrible symptoms in pregnancy or who can't get pregnant when they're older than 35 or that are stuck in the system and being poked and prodded and cut and tested and burned the conventional system would say or way of thinking would suggest that that's me standing on them or separating from them and saying that I'm better from them than them. And what I'm trying to differentiate here is that I have been through all the phases of pain that possibly could have been invented in life um, for a Western person in the Northern Hemisphere. Western being, you know, very subjective term. But I've had a sufficient wide range of very challenging challenges and had a wide range of falling down, of losing and grief and failing and struggling to keep my head above water and because I've got such a good range of that it's not just that I'm lucky it's not that I'm privileged or lucky but I have made very good use of 
not just the opportunities that presented themselves, but in making opportunities that don't exist and recognising that actually we really can pull anything out of the universe that we want to, as long as, as it's aligned with us and our soul path and God and the universe and the direction that we all collectively will benefit from going in. So yeah, this beautiful, coming into this beautiful phase of the fourth month. Um, there's definitely a settling into soul work and a, a further lack of um, a further lack of compromise that was an inversion of what I was trying to say which is a complete commitment to symbiosis <laughs> um, so just as I took a pause to fill the bath up with hot water again the cat appeared on the windowsill and is making a very annoying squeak in the background <laughs> just when I was getting to a key point and now there's a second cat there making a squeaking at the door. They think it's their time. I think the church bells make them think it's dinner time. <laughs> and that takes me away perfectly from um, what I was immersed in, um, which is something to do with coming into the symbiosis. Yes, the, the compromise and the lack of it, um, the amount of times in my life people have said to me online, offline, through a third person, etc., 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 all these different ways in which the world tries to hold us down and insists that we're going to fail if we don't do it like they did it or like the normal way, in inverted commas, is dictated to us. Um, the amount of people who have said something similar to a, a woman in one of the groups I was in, ironically about branding. Um, <laughs> so metaphorical. Um, the discussion was along the lines of spirituality and healing and self-healing, whether or not we can actually heal ourselves. And I was, I was talking, I think at the time, around homeopathy. And we were discussing, possibly, probably discussing inoculation, probably just before I got thrown off mainstream social media completely um, and had my hiatus out in the decentralized world without any mainstream connection at all. Somebody piped up and said, oh, I think you would feel very differently about this, Claire, if you had children. And that really, really stuck me like a pin, like really was a nasty thing to say. <laughs> because of course what it's saying was that my deepest and highest knowing about health should be suppressed when I have children so that I can put them into the conventional system and have them suppressed by conventional medicine. 
And the presumption of authority around that, the presumption of this woman saying that and suggesting that this hypothetical, this would have been at least five years or so ago. Uh, and right now it's 2023, very early, a couple of weeks in 2023. So we were talking hypothetically, and this woman was trying to imprint on me a concept that when I have children, my ideals and my highest knowing about health and healing ourselves and healing with homeopathy and an integral immune system would somehow be thrown out of the window and I would be, I don't know, just lost to the fear or something or completely overwhelmed by my child's symptoms and would have to take them to a doctor, a hospital, give them pharmaceutical medicine, get them jib-jabbed, etc. That I would just basically, when I have a child in my arms, I would feel so vulnerable that I would just want to get on that conveyor belt. And I replied fairly spontaneously that, wow, yeah, thank you, thank you for your offer, but no, actually, I know that when I do have children, I will feel a thousand times more sure, <laughs> a thousand times more sure of my convictions. And these years later, I do. And I could know that I was saying that at the time, not from arrogance and not from trying to push my agenda on someone else or, or have like, you know, jousting about agendas. I was simply talking about the truth and I've always had an instinct because my instinct was intact that I know what health is and my body knows what health is, even though I'd been specifically very ill in my life and especially since I had specific jabs in my early teens and until the point where I stopped using conventional medicine and went fully into the space of allowing my body to heal itself and to overturn the damage that had been done. And again, the, the difference between not, not going to an outside source and going to an outside source is that knowing and I know I've mentioned this in an earlier podcast in this series but my dad once said to me we had a discussion about you know where the truth was coming from and how lies were coming out of the tv and I was saying you know switch the bloody tv off and get on the internet and look at some proper alternative news Look at some proper truth and transparent journalism and see the difference. See what you're hearing. See how different it is. And you'll be able to tell what's the difference. And But he was fixated on like, yeah, but the government and da-da-da and, and this is really dangerous, so we all have to do this. And I was explaining that you do know that before the lockdown, the pandemic, etc., kicked off 
you were not trustworthy of the government for anything and you would have used phrases like you can't trust them as far as you can throw them, etc., etc. Like you had absolutely zero trust. It's all smoke and mirrors, it's this, it's that. You had absolutely no trust in the government. And suddenly you're trusting them with your life, your health, the health of your grandchildren, the health of your uh, your children. And suddenly you don't notice that there's uh, something in that. You don't notice that you're being hooked in by fear or threat or coercion into something that goes completely contrary to what you were previously wholeheartedly, clear-mindedly sure about. And we had a following discussion about who do you trust then? And, you know, if you can't trust the government and the doctors and the community, then who do you trust? And, of course, the answer is you can only trust yourself. But, of course, in the context, I knew that saying that um, in the context of how he views the world would mean him on his door, own on his own with the door locked, pretty much, very isolated and even more afraid. Of course, there's a place to be supported by the community and to let go into the gossiping and to be held and to have the weight not on one's own shoulders. But then there's a point at which that, if that's being manipulated, then it becomes a weight on the shoulders that feels like something that is freeing us. Like, all I have to do is go and get the chemo. All I have to do is go and get the jib-jab. All I have to do is inoculate my little baby children. But of course, the reality of it is that then there's these ensuing negative effects and there are these ensuing consequences and the phrase that I did try and get out a more diplomatic phrase than you can only trust yourself but I was trying to explain about because I knew that talking about trusting yourself is very difficult for somebody who is deeply insecure and deeply untrustworthy untrust untrusting of self so I tried to create the solution which is you know you you know the difference between these these two narratives when you see the second narrative which is the truth you will be able to discern which is the original and which is the smoke and mirrors it's very easy to see even in someone's face when they're talking even in a video even on the news you can see who's who's being insincere it's very clear but if you're only watching people who are being insincere insincere it's very hard to see their insincerity. Like when you're only talking with like-minded people who are very closed-minded, you might feel like a very open-minded person. And relatively speaking, in that context, you are. <laughs> but when it comes to the wider, the actual solution and the wider panoramic view, you're not getting it. If you're not getting it, then you're not going to see that the wider panoramic view instantly resonates. When we get the whole story, we instantly resonate. The agenda gets away with being the agenda and manipulating people and pulling people into really fucking stupid, ignorant actions that have massively negative consequences for their health, 
people around them, their children, their grandchildren, their community, the world, the population of their country. They're pulled into that because they're only looking at the small details and they're caught in polemic about every single aspect of that detail, exactly as is done to women in the mainstream when they're gestating and going towards their birth. They're kept in this polemic reality of everything is a problem, everything is a pathology, and somebody else has the solution, and there has to be an intervention, there has to be, things have to be disrupted further to make it better. (laughs) When really, in my lifelong experience, doing the massive healing that I've done of all kinds of levels of pathology (laughs) and allowing them to express themselves and supporting them with homeopathy, with a natural lifestyle, with lots of being aligned with what I love doing and lots of exploration through my art and through my other passions like sewing and gardening and raising cats (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. The holistic, the free, the sovereign womb will find its way to not just harmony within the body, mind, spirit, but harmony in the the far wider realm, the far wider realm. But it can always, only and ever, come through self, through knowing self, through unravelling self and looking at the aspects that have been occulted within our own self, by ourselves, by giving authority to the external. Every little thing that is presented through any agency, any external agency, as a problem that requires their intervention is something almost wholly guaranteed is something that we can heal ourselves, apart from when our leg has been ripped off in a car accident and it needs to be sewn back on. Apart from really big, dramatic, physical stuff. For the most part, the very, very most part, and especially the 99.9% of what pharmaceutical and medicalised agenda is interfering with and is used for, all of that, most of it, like 99.9% of it, is simply turning the natural healing process and the process of self-evolution on its head so that we're de-evolving and unhealing. We're moving further and further away from a healthful state and a healing state and, yeah, the gestation and birthing are 
probably the area, one of the areas at least, that in which that's most concentrated because we're closer to the divine in those times. You know, they get us, as soon as we have an inkling or we miss a period or we feel a bit different, we immediately go to the test and we immediately go to measuring and external authorities telling us stuff and envisaging things, looking at images on the internet and measuring whether we're in this normal trajectory. And from there, we're in a trajectory, we're in a machinery, whether or not we're free birthing, wild birthing, we're in a, machi- in a machinery of concept and construct that is separating us from being fully in union with the divine spiritual process of life, birthing life, birthing life. You know, even the fixation, even the free birth fixation on birth stories, the birth is the gateway, yes, but the the whole journey is mystical and fantastical and the birth is a concentration of that but it doesn't make anything else less mystical and less have less capacity for bringing us into divine union um that feels really important to to recognize you know we don't want to glamorize birth and put it on a pedestal and separate it from the rest of the the mystical time. You know, we don't want to forget about everything the woman has been through in her own unlearning in her lifetime and then her own expansion into oneness in the world from the birth. The before, during and after are all utterly, utterly sacred and valid and maybe birth is unique Conception is unique, postpartum is unique, um, pre-labor is unique, the fourth month is unique, (laughs) but maybe birth is unique in the intensity of it slapping us in the face and giving us everything in our face, giving us everything in our senses and everything into our that present moment so that we can either deal with it, birth it, release it, express it through our voice, our body movement, our releasing, our aligning with the child symbiotically, which has never been separate from us, which has never known separation and our bringing it into the world rightly, rightly for us, rightly for him, rightly for the universe. It's always an opportunity, isn't it? And yet that opportunity is in us and around us at all times. It's in men too. (laughs) And it's in all of us at all times. Even if we're making a cup of tea or signing a paper, like every aspect of the universe is full of the the divinity of truth and metaphor and the precise things that we are interacting with, that we are communicating with, that we're having relationships with, the precise things that we see in front of us right now, the precise things that are around us and that are beyond us and that we are interacting with, that we are relating to, the nature of our relationships with everything, 
are a means of us. Uncovering the occulted divine. We learn by what causes us pain, we learn by what causes us happiness. But both of those things teach us ultimately what makes us happy. And we learn from being ill, or we can learn from being ill, and we can learn from being well. But ultimately, even being ill is teaching us about how to be well. So it's really, you know, the light and the dark are necessary and beautiful, but they're ultimately all about us bringing everything into the light and having the light and the dark balance. Oh, that was symbiotic. The cats are having a rami outside. <laughs> So, yeah, on that note, I'm going to round up. Um, if you'd love to support my work, um, I would really appreciate gift in return for my gifting this to you. And you can do that through my website, clairegaiasofia.com. C-L-A-R-E, Gaia, G-A-I-A, Sophia, with a P-H, dot com. And I'm also on Patreon as Claire Gaia Sophia. You can now also find me on Instagram as Claire Gaia Sophia or on the hive.blog, which is probably where I'm most active in the world on in terms of media, social media. Most active on blogging on the hive. I'm there as Claire Artista. So do reach out, do keep in touch. I connect with the world through one-on-one -on -one relationship and you can find out how to connect with me through my Patreon profile or my website and I love that I am part of a, a Gaia Sophian movement, a worldwide movement of all of us into expansion and co-creation rather than our being stuck in slavery and ignorance that we have been stuck in for many centuries. Um, I look forward to connecting with you and I look forward to how we co-create together. Huge blessings, huge freedom, sovereignty to you and be well. Ciao.